0: Welcome to Rise and Shine, raw chats with real women in Australian small business. In each candid conversation with a small business owner, we'll explore the messy back end of business with heaps of golden wisdom to help you learn, grow and live your truth. I'm your host, Rachel Green, SEO copywriter and founder of Shine Copy. Let's do it. Sustainable skincare is a massive industry and one I'm exploring today with Christy McGann from the Bod Society. Christy owns and runs a vegan skincare and makeup brand that's winning awards and making waves. This is truly a story of a brand that's aligned with her life and values. You began your business in your garage in 2018. Uh, Last year, you bought your own lab and you're just back from Indonesia. What's that journey been like, Christy?
1: been pretty massive I didn't think it was gonna turn out like this I literally just thought I was gonna have a couple of products I'd sell in my beauty salon and it was it was honestly mostly a distraction so the reason I started my business is because my dad was going through chemotherapy uh, and you feel a little bit helpless like you can't do anything physically to help or anything you say really doesn't feel enough so having like a beauty background me and my sister myself um, i was looking at things that could help with his treatment so radiation basically burns your skin your insides everything and my dad was having a uh, really bad itchiness welts and uh, uncomfortable skin so i was like well the one thing i can do is skin so i'm going to create something to help with ease so i started off with a couple of products and he said these are great you should sell it and I was like, you have to say that to my dad. Uh, but then my grandpa tried it and my grandpa is also like one of my, uh, well, he was one of my highly parental figures in my life. So I really valued his opinion as well. And he said, you should sell this. And I thought, well, it's going to be a great distraction. So I started the Bod Society in the carport and I just sold it to my clients that I had in my salon. So I was just doing beauty therapy. It was kind of just worked out really easy and flowing. Uh, and then yeah just kind of it it blossomed really quickly I didn't realize how much of a need there was for more natural products uh, my customer base really loved it as well and then as stages of my life kind of went on the brand changed and evolved as well so when and COVID hit. I had to close my beauty salon down, so I didn't actually have any other job that I could do. But because I had previously already set up the Bod Society, it just took off. Everything during COVID, I feel like if it was online, took off really well. So uh, it it went from the carport into my shed, and then from my shed into a leased warehouse uh, within the space of about eighteen months. So. It was pretty massive growth, which was really exciting, but also very terrifying. At the same time, I found out that I had infertility. So uh, we'd been trying for a baby for two, just over two years, wasn't working. And so we had to go through the route of IVF. So closed down my salon, started IVF, fell pregnant, Moved my business from three different stages all within that, in that space of time. So it was it was very overwhelming, but also I I do work well under pressure. So it kind of, it was good for me. I liked it. We did purchase our factory because there was nothing else available. All the rental spaces were like double the price. It was actually cheaper for us to buy a warehouse than it was to lease one, which was just mind-blowing to me. Uh, but it's really cool now. We get to do whatever we want with the space. We made it nice and pretty. So yeah, we moved into here and then we recently just got back from Indonesia. We did a business trip there for some content creation and some manufacturer scoping. So for fabrics and little makeup bags and things like that, just trying to find uh, more ethically and sustainable materials and produce. So it was a really cool journey to be able to see where we started and now we're able to go overseas to travel to different countries for content and stuff. It's quite mind-blowing, to be honest, and... um, very exciting. Mm.
0: Yes, that's completely nuts. Like if someone had said, this is going to be a life in three or four years, you'd be like, uh-uh, impossible. But look at you. That's amazing. Um, there's so much to know in small business. How did you learn it all? Did you just like make it up as you went along? Have you done courses?
1: Yeah. So I uh, I left school when I was 15. I studied a beauty diploma. I got that by the time I was 16. And then I bought my first business at 19. So I did a uh, lot of business structured studies. I did a lot of studies within the beauty industry. So I had a lot of wealth of knowledge within skin, skincare. I trained with multiple different brands. I actually worked for a really small skincare company uh, while I had my salon. So I was on hands manufacturing there. And then when I started the Bod Society, I originally outsourced a manufacturer, but I did all the research and design of the ingredients that I wanted to have in them. And I love that part of this. I love researching all the ingredients, their benefits, what they do the origin, everything like that. Um, but then I was like, I want to make it because it's, I don't know, it just seemed like fun. So I did a diploma in uh, cosmetic formulations, natural and organic cosmetic formulations. And as the years go on, they up level their uh, degree. So I do the up-level every year, which is really exciting because the industry changes so often. There's so much new data, there's more research and things like that. So I have that as my studies behind me and yeah, then a lot of the other things I've just done from self-taught. So I research the ingredients, I contact suppliers, ask lots of questions, find out the information. Uh, but we currently have, we hired about probably four or six months ago, a cosmetic chemist. So that just gives us a little bit of uh, an extra a le- an extra level of the type of products that we're bringing out, which is really exciting because there's more kind of like customer confirmation that these are going to be proven re- results where we had the results previously but now we've got that extra layer it feels more like customer customer is going to feel more confident which is good
0: yes you're getting that assurance that yeah you're on the right track that there's demand for this stuff and that you can continue to do what you're doing right
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah so how has your own growth and life experience shaped your brand do you think
1: uh pretty much everything that's happened in our life in the last five years has been a reflection of the brand literally from doing IVF. That's when our pregnancy collection started. So um, going through IVF, I realized that you can't have perfume, you can't have alcohols um, during that treatment. So I was like, well, I threw out all my perfumes. I threw out anything that had fragrance in it. I was like, okay, I need to get rid of that because it uh, interrupts with the embryo transfers. So I learned a lot of my personal experiences and then implemented that into my business. So I was like, this is a need for women. Women need this sort of stuff during these processes in their life uh, and these experiences. And we came up, so the pregnancy journey, we created a mama and baby collection. And then once my baby was born, then we did like a toddler and kids collection there's been parts where I couldn't use certain makeups because they had a lot of chemicals in them. And I just wanted to basically anything I could do that would help in any way with um, becoming pregnant or if it had anything to do with like health or wellness, I would try and implement that into the brand. So I was like, well, the amount of chemicals in everyday makeup that goes onto your face and into skincare, if I can create a brand that gives people the opportunity to easily access these products without worry, then I feel like I'm winning. Cause you know, for me, I was sifting through ingredients and everything wasn't really transparent. And, and um, there was never really like a face behind most of the brands where you could feel that there was like a trust within that person and that business. So um, it's important for me that I share that. And as we have our own personal life experiences happen, um, my brand tends to change with that, which is really cool to see. It's like an evolution of um, myself and my family and an evolution of our brand at the same time.
0: Yeah, I think that makes your brand so like charismatic because you want to be part of your story and then your products and it's all interlinked. So it's like genius marketing actually.
1: (laughs) It wasn't meant to be marketing, but it just just so happens I I lead with my heart and that's just what it spills out everywhere else, which is nice.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. It sounds like your values are fully aligned with your brand, right?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, and all your products are eco-friendly, vegan, natural, cruelty-free, and they've got nut-free lines as well. Um, those are like extremely high standards to meet. So how do you create products that like tick all those boxes and are effective?
1: It's very hard. My Haiti, who's our cosmetic chemist, she is like, you like to make it difficult, Christy, don't you? I'm just like, <laughs> yes, I do. That's why not many people go to this extent that we go to because it is really hard to A, f- Find ingredients that are natural, vegan friendly. The source of them is um, sustainable and ethically sourced. And then B, also that their efficiency on the skin is actually going to be work- working. So like we go based off data. So the ingredients that we choose, we um, there's like a scientific research done on in- every individual ingredient and to state they will have certain benefits over a input that's in each product. I get really into like the, the formulation side of it, um, but it's very in-depth. But I'll just, I'll kind of like touch on the surface of it. But uh, yeah, we, we, I do a lot of research into the ingredients and where they're sourced and making sure that they're actually going to show results on the skin. Uh, and that depends on how much of that ingredient is in a product. So for instance, hyaluronic acid, it's a buzzing buzzing ingredient everyone wants hyaluronic acid it's a, it is amazing for the skin and you can see some brands will say like two or three percent hyaluronic acid and the serum's really expensive but when you're formulating a product all you need is 0.1 percent for it to be effective so for a for a brand to be putting in one or two percent they're passing that cost on to the customer because when they look at it, they go, oh, more is going to do more for my skin. But realistically, um, when it comes back to the data and the science, it's going to do the exact same thing. You're just putting more in there and it's just going to, you're paying for extra. So I like that we, are affordable and that all of our ingredients are sourced um, ethically and we make them in small batches so that there's less waste and that sort of thing, um, that's really important to me when we're creating all of our products. When we first started and even um, our cosmetic chemist says to us, why don't you do larger batches, like bigger batches? And i might, like, I just don't feel like having thousands of one product on a shelf sitting there. With this economy, it's quite uncertain at the moment people's priorities are changing their necessary um, things in nece- necessity to them now might not have been previously or whatever it's it's constantly changing and also it's a massive outlay to be able to stop that amount of product and the smallest thing could change even though we have preservative systems um, we could have something happen in our factory we lose all that product uh, and also it's the shelf life of products as well if you if you don't sell within a certain amount of time, you have to discard it. That's wasteful. And it's better to have more control over a small batch than a large batch. Like if we had to recall something, we're recalling only 150, maybe 250 items rather than 10,000. You know, that's a huge hit for a small business. It's huge waste packaging materials, um, energy that you're using to create them. It's a huge waste. So for me, I love small batch plus I love things being fresh. If I know yeah. something's freshly made, I'm like, oh, I just, I don't know, it just feels better to me. I'm like, oh, I know that's going to last me a little bit longer or whatever it may be, but it's, um, I, I do prefer small batch.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Absolutely. There are, um, the skincare industry and makeup and beauty, it's a huge thing. And I feel like there are a lot of like mistruths told um, in the industry. Are there any in particular that you have in mind that you want to flip as a, um, the owner of an ethical skincare brand?
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like there is this, um, and I probably from like a marketing sales side of it, but for me, less is more. There's so many brands out there that have seven, eight serums and they have a wide range of all these different products and Um, It basically comes down to only a couple of skin concerns. So all you need is a couple of products really. But um, And that's another reason why we're refining a lot of our range at the moment too um, is because I do believe less is more. And in the beauty industry, they kind of teach you that you need to have, you know, two different cleansers. You need to have two different scrubs. You need to have five serums. You need to have this, that, and the other. Um, I do believe some skins need a little bit more attention, but generally most people just need to simplify and um, be more minimalistic with their routines. Uh, I don't like the, I don't like the push on, having to have all these extra products. So even with makeup as well, like when I did my beauty certificates and my diplomas and they gave me like a 90 roll makeup brush set, I was like, what the hell am I going to do with these? Like 90 brushes? Like I I have one face, like I don't understand. So like for us, when we brought out our brushes, I was like you only need like three to four max that's all you need you can even get away with two if you wanted to it's just depending on the products that you have and same thing with mineral makeup like we utilize different products for multiple different things so like our blushes and bronzes can be used for eyeshadows contouring um that sort of thing instead of having separate products it's just it's over really we don't need it and um that's the annoy I get annoyed with that sort of thing because I'm like there's just it's just too much just trying to sell to people and you really could just have a beautiful natural look or even a glam look with minimalistic products and your skincare results can be amazing with like just three or four products um so that's one of the things the other thing is that the beauty industry can be a little bit sneaky so we're certified vegan and cruelty free Um, within Australia, uh, but also if we were to go anywhere else in the world, we would have to get certifications in those particular countries. So a lot of brands that are Australian made and they're in Australia, they will ship their products overseas. There's certain countries that it is by law that they have to be tested on animals and you have to pay them to test on animals. But they can still be certified vegan and cruelty-free in Australia, which is very frustrating because I'm like, it should be regardless. If your brand tests on animals anywhere or it has ingredients that are not non-vegan, you shouldn't be able to be certified at all. Um, I mean, there's all these little loopholes and things like that. So um, I will never ship to certain countries because of this um we only go to australia and new zealand i'd love to ship to canada um and to there's a couple of other countries we have some people that um follow us with but yeah just with some rules and regulations in the beauty industry and cosmetics you need to be testing on animals which is a super outdated um way of doing things and it's not even effective it's not even true to um to results so yeah that's one thing that really gets to me as well the animal testing and the misconception of needing and trying to just sell people extra products when they don't need them
0: yes I think that's just like marketing bullshit basically <laughs> They're trying to sell people yeah. stuff that they don't
1: yeah. need yeah um, and also another thing if I'm if I'm being completely honest there is a bit of a and I this is may sound a little bit um Uh, contradicting because we are a full natural brand, but there is some ingredients that are necessary in products. So things like preservative systems. We use all natural preservative systems, right? But there is preservatives that are so much um, more like cheaper, more affordable that people will use, but they're synthetic. And they have a bad rap for a lot of the the names of these ingredients, but I don't think what people understand is that um, they're essential in products to stop mold. And yeast and bacteria growth, mold can be so toxic to human body, like diseases, disorders, that sort of thing. It is so essential to have preservative systems, um, and I feel like there is a little bit of a, a little bit of a cult where people are fully against everything that's synthetic but I do think that there is a, um, a place for some things but you can definitely do it on a natural side like we do everything natural and our products are stable they have results all that sort of thing it just comes down to the person um but it can be a little bit conflicting sometimes when there is kind of like a fear factor imprinted on people um, with certain ingredients in the cosmetic industry um but I believe that there is a necessity for, for everything um, and it just depends on what your values are within the brand and the products and your lifestyle choices as well.
0: Yeah, that all makes sense. And I guess, yeah, probably just comes back to your values. I mean, you like to keep things simple and effective, but there are other brands that want to keep fillers and toxic elements in their products. Why would they want to do that? Like,
1: um, I mean, there's a purpose for everything um, when it comes to co- cosmetics. So there's like certain ingredients that are classed as cosmeceuticals. So it means that they're a synthetic or a chemical based ingredient, but they have like really fast results. They're really potent, yada, yada, yada. Um, but it just depends on what the, the, their customer value is really. Like if someone wants a result yesterday, they're going to go for like a chemical peel or something like that. Um, whereas if people are happy to go more the natural route, it can, it can be a little bit slower, which is fine. It just depends on that that personal preference really. Um, but you can get results with natural and um, obviously chemical-based or synthetic-based products. Um, but I, my personal values and my life experiences and what I've learned through my things is I prefer to have more of the natural um, elements in my life and reduce as many toxins as I can, even if they're only a small portion in daily use, just still to reduce it. Hmm.
0: So in such a crowded industry, how do you stand out and rise above the rest while attracting people who value what you do?
1: Um, I think that's probably because I keep it on a personal level and I'm attracting people that like that. I'm attracting people that have the same values. They like to hear a personal story. They like connective community with businesses and brands. I know that if I'm supporting someone, I like to know who it is like why they started, what they're doing. Um, and I think that's why we're a little bit different is we do share a lot of our journey and the behind the scenes and how we make things. Like I, I've, I've been to some business meetings and things like that before where there's multiple different brands there on different, not in this industry, but different industri- industries. And they keep everything very professional. And I'm like, tell me about you. I want to know about you. Why you started? Like, where did you come from? Like, how did you get here? Like, tell me your story. Like I, Like, sell me you not your product. Like I'll end up buying your products because I've fell in love with you as a person and your creation. And then I'll end up loving it because you've obviously created something beautiful. Um, so for us, I feel like that's a big standout. And obviously the fact that we're quite involved with community as well. So like we're in- invested in a lot of fundraisers of schools or uh, football clubs, things like that. We do a lot of stuff with the communities for um donations animals shelters things things along that kind of line which i think is really special what's it like being the face of the brand as well as the boss it's pretty fun i do like it it's, it's a bit overwhelming sometimes um i feel like everyone just wants uh my attention and i do like giving it to people because i like that personal touch but at times it can be a little little much you know, i'm still a person i've still got a family and i've still all issues and things that go on Day to day, so uh, yeah, it can be overwhelming sometimes. But I do really love it. Um, my husband thinks it's pretty funny if we go out. Someone, someone's like, "Oh, that's Christy from the Bot Society," and he's, I'm like, "Oh, it's so embarrassing!" Like, please don't. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice. I'll probably, I wouldn't change it. I really do like that element of being business owner and having um, such a big involve, involvement in it. I think it's kind of weird if you're an owner of a business and you don't have. lot of involvement like face value involvement
0: yes exactly because lots of people don't want to be like the face or the voice of their brand but as you touched on earlier we want to buy from people and we want to know the story and we want the grit and we want some reality like that that is that's that's what helps people convert it's not just the product it's the whole thing and there's got to be an element of the people the person behind the brand I think to make to build a, a successful business, which is exactly what you understand really clearly, so that's awesome. How do you um how do you balance motherhood with being a business owner? Because that is one tough gig.
1: Oh, this one, this one is the hard, is a really hard one. Uh, I like to do a thing called time blocking. It's I'd like to do it more than what I'm doing currently, but time blocking is a really great tool when you have kids uh, and you block out an hour somewhere where you just have to do work and for me that looks like tuesdays and wednesdays are my days that i have to do bod society stuff i come into the factory my son's in a family home daycare so he's out having fun it's time of his life he's having a good time um but i'll tell you what the mum guilt is fucking hard it is so hard and people told me about it and i was just like oh it's not going to be that difficult and i'm like messaging the uh daycare lady I'm just like how is he what's he doing like can you send me a photo like send me a video what's like what's he up to today it's really hard you feel you feel guilty because you're like I should be spending this time with my babies but it's also it's good for your mental health like my brain needs to be on work mode sometimes and it's not for the fact that because I need to work it's because It's just good for me. It's good for me to be creative. It's good for me to be energised, to be inspired, to be um, doing something for me as well. So it is hard to have the juggle between the two, but I definitely try and prioritise the days that are with him to only be with him. On the rare occasion, if we've got some sort of issue or drama going on within the business, then I will need to obviously, like, you know, do some work stuff in between or whatever, but I'll still try and make sure that I'm still giving him as much attention as I possibly can if I need to do that. But it's really hard to find that balance. Kind of got it now. He's almost three. So he is easily preoccupied with toys. I'll set him up some sensory things or some things outside. and, And he's quite happy playing on his own. So it's a good space now. When he was a newborn, it was a little bit more difficult. I was breastfeeding and, um, Yeah, it's pretty tricky doing motherhood and being a business owner at the same time. Uh, I'll tell you a little story actually. So when my son was six weeks old, he was a terrible sleeper. And, I mean, he would wake every 45 minutes and take about an hour and a half to two hours to get back to sleep again. So we were on this cycle and we just started back at getting the, the business um, online again. And I woke up one morning and I was crying. I was breastfeeding. My hair was sticky with milk because it had sprayed everywhere. I had, like, you know, just not eaten. And I was had my son on, you know, breastfeeding him. And I was like to my husband, you need to quit your job tomorrow. Like, sign it in like that's it we're done um I will take care of us we I will employ you through the bod society and um quit your job because I can't do it on my own it's too much and I literally got to breaking point and he did he quit his job and he worked for me for about a year and a half and um it was probably the best thing we ever did we got so much more time together dad's kind of miss out on that you know, first year of a kid's life. So it was a blessing for him as well. And it was just a little bit of a juggle, obviously financially, but it, it worked out and it was beautiful. He got lots of time with his dad and I got lots of time with um, my son whilst also still being able to work. So it was good, but you have to make hard decisions when you're a business owner and a mum. And sometimes it looks like sacrifice, but it could end up working out so much better for you and your family as well. So risks are always there, but you can always go back to how it was. Like if you don't try, you don't know. So we did a lot of that over the last two and a half years between business and parenting and just trying to find a nice little medium. Um, and it's, it just changes too. It, it, we get a good spot and then something happens and it changes again. So, um, yeah, it's it's a roller coaster.
0: Yeah, I think that balance is always elusive and you're always kind of. Yeah. Yeah checking in and seeing what you can change. And also as your child's needs change or if there are more children added to the mix, it's always going to be like, you're just adjusting constantly. Yeah, I think.
1: constantly. Yeah, constantly moving. I don't even think balance should even be in a vocabulary really, because it's never truly balanced. you like, you start to mellow out and then it's like, woo, got going to go yeah. like again and down. It's Yeah, it's a it's more like
0: More like flow, I think that's a word that yeah. i
1: kind of played yeah, with for a while. So. In it. Yeah, that's a good yeah. word.
0: Yeah. um, I saw you won some oh, business awards recently and I saw you post opening the actual trophies with your son. How did that feel? Because I know this has been such a personal journey for you.
1: Yeah. Oh, that, that gets me in the, um, in the feels that, that, that was a really beautiful experience. Like they were the mum entrepreneur awards. So for mums that are in business and, we got two categories this year and came first and second, I think in two of them and same the year before as well, which was really special. So to open them up with him, he was like, wow, mummy. Like, and just to hear him saying that, I was like, oh, my heart, like I'm doing this for you, bud. Like you can see that women can still be, you know, fantastic mums and, they can be business owners, they can work, they can show something, you know, for themselves if they want to, they can be creative, they can still do all the things they want to do and still be a mum at the same time. I mean, it's really fucking hard, but it's you can still do it. And it was a beautiful moment with him to open them up because yeah, those ones were really important to me being specifically about being a mum in business. So it was really beautiful to open them with him.
0: Mm. What do you think is your like driving force?
1: it's definitely living through values for sure. And I also like the way that the brand is always ever evolving in the sense that so are we as people, as mums, as sisters, as wives, as daughters, we're always evolving. And I do like that. I mean, I I do get also that some people don't like change. (laughs) I'm a very big creature of change. And if it's, if change is happening, I welcome it because I'm like, there must be something better coming. Like, you know, you've got to, you've got to keep moving. So um, I, I think that's like my drive for the business is that it's still always a reflection of my family or myself or my ex- life experiences.
0: Yeah. It feels like there's nothing you can't do, Christy. You're amazing.
1: Oh, thank you. Oh, there's plenty of things. I can't. Talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for the Bud Society?
1: Currently, we are, like I said earlier, we're refining a lot of our brand. And that kind of looks like, um, minimi- even though we are still quite, we have a small collection, we're still minimizing, but we're becoming more basic, but more potent, if that makes sense. So in the way that we um, have our products, we don't want to be over-consuming. We want to make sure that they're still all s- sustainable and ethically sourced. And that's our mission at the moment is to kind of refine but make everything more potent and also to make more of an impact in the sense of um, our sustainability journey with our packaging. That's a big, big thing for me uh, within this industry is massive. We put so much pollution into the planet just from the beauty industry. It's huge. Like I'm talking about I think it's like one3 to trillion tons a year of plastic goes into like um the ocean and landfill worldwide from the beauty industry and only like nine percent of that is actually recycled so um it's a big, it's a bit risky to be in this industry because there's so much um, very saturated, but I'm like, it's saturated with all the same sort of stuff. It's not saturated with more of the eco-friendly stuff. People are clinging onto it now though. They are doing better, which is great. Um, But yeah, I just, I'd love to have a boutique store one day where we can have like refill dispensers for body washes. We can have um, like pop-up stores and things like that of our own. I'd love to do that because the one-on-one is really beautiful when we have like pick up and shop days in our factory, Um, I'd love to have a refill boutique, like in every state, one in every state. That'd be cool. The dream. Yeah. Um,
0: You also do like workshop days as well, don't you? Like you're teaching people, is it about skincare or makeup or what happens in those?
1: It's a bit of both. So it's called uh, Makeup and Mimosas, but we also do Makeup and Mocktails. So um, it's basically teaching women how to do their makeup in a minimalistic way. So like um, utilising one or two products to make a full face, you know, transformation kind of thing and just giving them guidance. But at the same time, I like to go over skincare because it goes hand in hand, right? Like if, you, if you're if you going to do your makeup, your skin prep is going to be on point. So um, I go through and I teach them about their skincare, about hygiene, about the tools that they use, uh, the makeup and how it can be applied, their eye color, hair color, skin color, tones, everything, just giving them an understanding so they have some guidance to do it themselves and confidence as well. The amount of women that come in and they're like, I have no idea like how to put blush on like properly or how it was going to suit my cheekbone or my structure or whatever it may be. Um, just little things like that and giving women confidence which just makes me so happy. Everyone has such good time at the events. Um, I'd love to do them every weekend if I had time, but yeah.
0: Awesome. And so where can we find you online, Christy?
1: You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, or on our website and you can use the tag uh, at the bod society and that should take you to all of those social media platforms you are so
0: awesome thanks for listening to rise and shine please leave a review and subscribe so we can spread the love to more brave business-minded women like you you can find me online at shinecoffee.com.au.